Golay presents Recorded History with the RecordHub.com. 100% Irish and direct to your door. Hello everyone and welcome once again to Recorded History with TheRecordHub.com. I'm your host Ed Smith and this is the podcast where you get to hear about the lives and histories of your favourite musical heroes and theirs. Over the course of this series I'll be speaking to some incredible musicians, writers, artists, creatives and presenters about the three records that have come to define their lives. Now again as I always say this isn't another one of those podcasts highlighting the coolest, edgiest, most rarefied records people have in their collection. God knows there's enough of those. No, no, no. This is a podcast for everyone where we celebrate the personal relationships people have with the music that they listen to. So expect some unexpected choices, forgotten favourites from across the musical spectrum, from rock to house, and today to some very serious pop. Now, my guest this week on Recorded History. What can I say? I met her some years ago when she joined Today FM, and it was I think, like at first meet. Yes, she is, without doubt, I've been in this business nearly 25 years and I've met and worked with some incredibly talented people. And I've also worked with some incredibly lovely sound people. And as is often the case, they weren't the same people. (laughs) Just because you're sound doesn't mean you're talented and vice versa, but sometimes the planets align and they have aligned in the beautiful form of Pamela Joyce. Uh, Not only is she a pal, she's a treasured colleague. I admire her work. I admire her attitude, her application, determination, her grit, her sense of humor. She's just one of those most infectiously likable people. But she is serious. She's a very serious-minded woman as well. You know, she's quick with a joke, but she's no joke. That's the best way I can describe Pamela Joyce. I've enjoyed her friendship for many, many years. I've enjoyed her on the radio. Incredibly experienced very well-liked, much loved by her listeners, and I feel her star is only starting to get bigger and brighter and better, and we'll all be pulled in by its gravity. I asked her to join me today on Recorded History. I know, and she won't mind me saying this, that she's an absolute pop tart. She loves her R&B mid-2000s pop classics. That is her vibe, that's her jam. And how I know that is, well, it's quite straightforward. She never shuts up singing them while she's in the office. Or if she had a car with her, or we've gone on trips, we've gone out for drinks. She is rarely, if she's not telling jokes or being brilliant, she's singing. Uh, So when she sent me her three choices today, I was surprised by one omission. If you know and love Pamela as much as we all do, there's one glaring omission here. But she picks three absolute pop queens, and rightly so, her being the queen herself. I just want to say this, it was a genuine honour. She gets into it here. Very interesting revealing chat about her struggles, I suppose, first and foremost with her anxieties. She gets into it about her relationship with her family, her attitude towards work, how turning 30 absolutely changed her. You know, we go to a lot of weird and wonderful places in this conversation and in the middle of it all, there's a great old pop chat. So I want to say thank you again for joining me and please enjoy my tete-a-tete with the glorious Pamela Joyce. Pamela Joyce, thank you so much for taking the time for coming upstairs. My life is very empty, Ed Smith, so it is a pleasure to be here. I have nothing but time. I just want to say, the guest that was on before you on Recorded History, mm-hmm. Shania Twain. She Shania. came to me from Switzerland. Rings a bell, Shania Twain. So I, I appreciate you mm. making the effort to walk upstairs. And it's a double flight of stairs, might I add. 
Anyway, we'll talk about that afterwards. Listen, no, genuinely, thank you so much for taking the time. It was a good show today. Were you happy with the show? Today? I was very happy with the show. Yeah, good vibes, good energy, good fun, good smiles. Good Do lives. you rate yourself? And I don't mean, I suppose, physically or emotionally, but after the show, do you kind of go, Mm-mm. seven? Yes. You do? Yes. Uh, rarely lower than a 9.8. <laughs> but on occasion, it does happen that we slip down to a 9.6. What would happen on a 9.6 day? I'd quit. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. done. This is not for me. No, I think you, you evaluate after show, every show. And I think that's a good thing to say, that was good. Let's do more of this and this. Or that didn't work, so let's not do that again. Uh, would you be quite, I suppose, diligent enough to keep a little graph in your head? Oh, of course. I have a diary where I note and everything. Really? And 99% of the faults are the production team and not me. Great. Mm-hmm. So your page is blank. Yes. And a plethora of things for You've both Russell and Lenny. You've library for Lenny and Russell. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yep. Uh, I see you brought notes. I always bring notes. Prepare, that, I'm surprised. It? Not that I should be surprised, but I think I'm a little intimidated now because my notes aren't. Well, you're so devilishly handsome. Oh, go on. That I was afraid I would forget my life story. Just by I looking didn't across write it down. through these bars of microphones and yes. wires. Yeah. Yes. So I, I panicked I would forget who I was yeah. looking at that gorgeous redhead. <laughs> So I thought best right. No hair, just a red head. <laughs> so that's one of my dad's classics. Before we get into your recorded history, was it tough for you to narrow it down to three? Yes, it was. And I left you to the very last minute. And I then I gave I, it to you and then I changed it. I one. had prepared my notes. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and then, then I changed. I, I was like, that's absolutely fine. I'm just going to stand them. outside and bite my knuckles. Uh, no problem. I... Listen to probably quite a, a small selection of music in a very finite amount of time. So probably 2002 to around 2011, 12. That's your golden era. Is my golden era. Okay. Um, And I, I was conscious of not picking three albums by the same artist or things like that. But I think when I nailed these three down, I was like, yeah, they're the three albums that when I listen to them, I'm transported straight back to the time of my life. That in is exactly what we're all about. Yeah. When I say we, what I'm all about mm-hmm. On recorded history. There's just me. The um, and before we get into it, one omission, which I'm surprised at, and many of your fans will be as well, the lack of a presence of a certain <clears throat> Cardi B. Cardi B. Now, I do. Her album, Invasion of Privacy, came out in, I want to say, late 2017, early 2018. Right. And it is a brilliant album, but it was more of a driving album for me. And it was just up and down to go away in Dublin, up and down, up and down. Mm. So it doesn't particularly stand out for a moment in my life. Love the album. It's great. I know it word for word. But it doesn't transport me back to a time. I'm just surprised seeing how much of your career has depended on on your impression of, of Cardi B. Yes. That you piggybacked on her talent. I would say she piggybacked on mine. That you wouldn't give some mine. props back. Almost. Um, does she feature any of these albums? No. no. Oh, well. Not even. Not even. Okay, listen, let's get into it. Pamela Joyce's recorded history. Please, can we have your first choice? My first choice, and this is the one that I changed last minute. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) Is Britney Spears' album Blackout. Yeah. So this is 2007. Yes. Her fifth studio album, released actually in October 2007 on Jive Records. Probably most famously known for what was happening outside the yes. studio. Yeah. So on this, this one, if you can explain. This album was her first album kind of post-peak Britney. So In The Zone was the previous album she'd done, I think it was 2003, which was um, Me Against the Music and songs like that, which was peak Britney, all singing, all dancing, unstoppable force. And then when Blackout came out, a lot of attention just before it and when the album came out was on, you know, her personal life and... You know, the, the photograph of her shaved head and the umbrella and things like yeah. that. That was 
what a lot of media decided to focus on instead of the actual album itself. And there was, she was doing her comeback performance on the VMAs in probably would have been 2008. I watched this this morning. Yeah, and she's doing her performance on Gimme More and she's just not there. Yeah. It's quite sad and very difficult to watch. And I remember even at the time watching it, I wasn't like, oh, she's so bad. I was like, she's not well. That woman should not be on that stage. It is awful. So what age you around this time? You're in 15, 16? I was in junior search. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And the reason I chose this album is because my sister Serena and I were seven years apart and she is the biggest Britney Spears fan in the entire world. And when I think of Britney Spears, I think of the golden hour I had. So I would finish school at half two. She would finish school at four. This is when I think of the older Britney albums. And I would have an hour to go into her room Uh. and throw on her bandana as a top and pick out which Britney album I wanted to put on the CD player and shake my little belly around for an hour and then I'd hear the car pull up uh, and I'd leg it into my room pretend I was doing my homework the whole time. Yeah, yeah I don't know what you're talking about. Who, who's Britney Spears? I was just doing my grill, guys, sorry. <laughs> so when Blackout came out, it was the first album, I think, of Britney's that I was conscious of it as a release whereas her other albums just arrived in my house and I listened to them. So the planets aligned at a certain time in your life. Yeah. We'll get into the album first of all, I suppose. Give Me More is the first, is track one. Yep. There was a couple of singles off it, Pieces of, Piece of Me Great and Break the Ice. Yeah. Now, this is the first time I've listened to this album. Hands up in the air. Mm-hmm. It wasn't her probably most successful album. It's her most critically acclaimed one. Though. Is it? I think so, Interesting. Yeah. From my reading into it, and the Neptunes are on the production yep. here and another 48 people. Mm-hmm. And I think what the word is on this and my reading of it is that she was in such a dreadful mental state at this stage and her life was as as is titled in the next album, Circus, that she kind of left everything to the producers to okay. do pretty I just come in. They call, used to call her One Take Jake. She'd come in and pretty much all the songs on this record are done in one take. Because one of the producers said, yeah, Britney comes in, gets it done. She doesn't like standing for too long. So she would almost keep the car running outside. Yeah. Come in and do Give Me More. Can, can you imagine it? One of the most iconic pop songs. Yeah. And then go, okay, I'm out. I'm finished. And then you do what you need to do with it. Yeah. And I think my listening of it, very slick, sleek album. It's There's a lot of non-singles, just album tracks that I love. Like Hot As Ice was great. I think Radar was eventually released as a single. On Circus. Yeah. On Circus. So mm. it was on Blackout originally. Yeah. And then everyone loved it so much they put it onto Circus. But uh, it's just a lovely boppy pop album. And I remember getting the CD, going into Chicago in Shop Street in Galway. Oh, lovely. And buying the CD. And then I had to do some messages around town with my mom. And I was like, oh, it's so annoying. Getting home putting the CD into the computer, putting the CD onto iTunes and then putting it from iTunes onto my iPod. And I just thought I was the bee's knees. Now, this was peak. Um, I'm too cool to be here. Right. So, time in my what life. Kind of, so you're 15, 16. Yeah. Can we just give it, you're the youngest of four. Yes. And you're living down in Galway. Yes. How would you describe 15-year-old Pamela Joyce to me now, in retrospect? 15-year-old Pamela Joyce actually was far less problematic than 30-year-old Pamela Joyce. So interesting. It's quite so you did it backwards. I did it backwards. You're having your teen years now. I right? was a joy as a teenager. I did my schoolwork. Right. I always wore my uniform. I was always on time. I did well in school. And I was always polite to my parents. I think I snuck out once. Oh. Didn't like it. Got caught. Said sorry. Never did it again. So, so nightclubs weren't a factor at this, no, at this young age? No. I think I had my first drink late 16 year old, okay. I think. Had it, again, did it once. Was like, not, not for me. And waited until I was nearly 18. Like a loser. 
And there's an age gap between you and Sister 3. Yeah, so That's, seven years between us. Okay. Then 11 years between the next and 13 between the next. Wow. And can I suppose the obvious question, were you spoiled then being the youngest? Oh, absolutely. Right. So I, they worshipped the ground that I walked on. I didn't have to. I'd snap my fingers and everything would be brought to me. And it's okay. Sometimes, you You're know, still, someone has to be the youngest. I didn't I choose think we're, we're to we're all born. paying the price for that now. Yeah, absolutely. Your friends yeah. and colleagues, yeah. Um, the red carpet actually on that note is looking a bit scuffed. You might give it a clean uh, after it's, we record. It's called Elephant's Blush. I'm so sorry. As written in my request. 18 emails I got about it. Yes. So your list of Britney Spears, big album for you in and around this time, 15, 16. Mm. And so you weren't going out as much then. You were just listening to it in the house. Was, yes. was there many records around apart from all your sister's records were there? My sister's, yeah. Uh, so my older sister's, Carol, her favourite was Nirvana. And then Nikki was Real Oasis. And then Serena was my pop queen. So she was Britney, Jennifer Lopez, and a bit of R&B as well, which is the most influence on my life. I love R&B. I love yeah. hip hop. I love this. But this album in particular, when I listen to it, I think about, and it, it's this exact moment where I kind of felt, okay, I'm, I'm finished being a kid now. And I'm not an adult, but I'm finished with being a child and I'm ready to be taken a little bit more seriously in you know, I don't know, maybe walk to school instead of getting a lift. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so that album That's definitely, it, I started becoming interested in boys in around this time and makeup. And interestingly, on the on the Gimme More performance at the VMAs, it was around the time that I started to become conscious of how I looked okay, and my body and my weight. And I remember at that Gimme More performance, she's wearing um, short shorts and a top. She looks amazing. Mm-hmm. But everyone was like, oh my God, she's so fat. She's a whale. She's huge. What is she doing in that outfit at this time? And that effect, I, because that album was the album of my life and my time, I was like, whoa, okay, if that's fat, then what am Isn't I? Isn't that incredible? The power, yeah. not just of the music, but how it's discussed. Yeah. When you're at your most vulnerable, you're coming to a very vulnerable part of your, of your development of mm-hmm. 15, 16, and how open your pores are in yeah. your brain to all that messaging. And there wasn't even any, you know, social media at the time. There were not really many websites. So this this was all coming off actual like TV, which to think you see these things on social media and in art, like you don't see it that much anymore, but you see comments. But to think that things like this would have been broadcast on actual terrestrial TV at the time is just like, whoa, because that's where I would have gotten it from. Maybe magazines, but didn't read a huge amount of magazines really. So yeah, it's it's scary how common. And how aware were you of the details of her? Was it all just the, the TMZ stuff or whatever it was? That yeah, you were... I think I didn't. Did you have any insight into how? I think I knew. No, I think I was just like, oh, that's weird. That's kind of un-Britney behavior. But I don't think I understood the the weight of what was going on in her life and the effects that was having. And I was like, oh, it's a blip. Britney will be back. That's. I think that's a powerful message you've just passed on there. And I've just thought about it now because we tend to think that all this happened just recently with the start of Twitter and Instagram. But I was watching the Amy documentary recently. And I was a, I was a party to that mockery. Mm. You know, they show clips from Gray Norton, who we think is very safe as houses. Untouchable, yeah. But all the jokes, and then if you look at the late night chat shows, Dave Letterman, etc. at the mm-hmm. time, they absolutely went to town yep. on a very unwell Un- and vulnerable young woman. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously for her, it's horrific. But then when you look at all the people who are listening to this messaging, it's it's all in their head, well and good, having the people in their age and in their circle and in that media kind of swarm talking about it. But you're forgetting that actually it's younger people who have yet to do their growing up that are seeing it as well. And the detrimental effect that that's going to have on them and themselves and their own body image and how they react to the world and how they comment on other people and what they think is okay and not okay, etc. And this is something you've spoken about in regards to yourself, mm-hmm. very honestly and very courageously. Yeah. You know, now that you're very much in the public eye, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in the last couple of years, obviously, how do you manage it now? I ignore it. Okay. I used to actively seek it out. Just, what do I miss? 
me in a bun to one of the forums or whatever and have a look and see. Mm-hmm. And Dermot yeah. Whelan said to me, he said, I've never walked away from boards.e or whatever website it is and felt good about myself. Yeah. And I said, you're so right. Because, you know, for every nice comment there is, there's always one. The compulsion is real. I've succumbed to that yeah. compulsion myself. And and the nasty one is the one that sticks with you. Someone yeah. could tell you, you know, you're amazing and you're the best thing to ever happen and blah, blah, blah. And one person will say, no, I don't like her. She's annoying. And that sticks with you. And the letters that you received, that was last year, was it? They've stopped, yeah. have they? Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, you were receiving letters from an anonymous, of course. Mm-hmm. A twat, can I yeah. say? With very nice handwriting, though. Okay, fair enough. Might I say. That bounces it all mm-hmm. out. But how did those letters affect you then? So just for those people who don't know, they were obviously quite vitriolic, mm-hmm. very personal. Yes. Um, now, again, I, I think there has to be kind of an acceptance for people who put themselves in the public eye uh, up to a certain amount that, you know, people are allowed to dislike you. Mm. They are allowed to criticise you and they're allowed to, you know, prefer someone else to you. That's absolutely fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But two things I don't agree with is A, going out of your way to make sure the person you dislike hears that you dislike them and knows that you dislike them. Yeah. And B, commenting on someone's physical appearance. Because whether or not you like my radio show, whether I'm two stone or 50 stone, shouldn't make any odds to you. It's none of your business. Nothing to do with you. So if you want to keep it in the realm of you dislike me or my radio show, that's fine. But how I look is nothing. Uh, is it harder for women? I can't, say, I, mean, I can't say it's harder because I don't know the male experience. Um, it's very easy. But I, <laughs> I mean, when you look like, like you, how could it not be? Yeah. Posters of you I'm all over sense, Ireland. This is, I thought, no, are you being sarcastic? Oh. No, I'm joking. Beautiful. But it is I it is easier. I think we probably men. get yeah, I think so. I think we get more shtick probably mm. and more criticism, but that's just my personal experience. I mean, obviously men get hate and get given out about online as well. But people will truly latch on to anything they can and give out about it regardless of gender or sexual orientation or whatever. If they find one thing, they're like, yeah, let's jump onto that and give out about that. Okay. And as time has gone on, have you grown a tougher skin? You've spoken about your anxiety and Yeah. So I, I used to have this need for everyone to like me and love mm-hmm. me. And it was like a burden on me. I was going around, I was making sure this person likes you and this person likes you. I'm like, you know what? It's I'm just going to be myself. Yeah. And if you dislike me, that's unfortunate. But I, there's people I dislike, for you, for example. Mm-hmm. So I'm joking. Um, that, she couldn't you know, even say joking properly. No. You said something else. You couldn't even say joking. No. That's very you. telling. Um, Can we cut the interview? I'm done. I'm done. You know, you're going to dislike people and people are going to dislike you and that's life. And I think if you try to have everyone like you, then you're kind of nothing. It's a mug's game because I think, if you don't mind me saying, a lot of, I would see a lot of parallels between our personalities. Mm-hmm. Now I'm about two months older than you, but uh, I've been around the block. And I think, you know, the old age old question is, what would you say to your younger self? I would absolutely give myself the advice. I would go and chase people down to have them, almost collecting them like ornaments mm-hmm. as friends to kind of go, look, look at how many people met. <laughs> and in my 40th, I looked around, it was like some kind of Roman general. <laughs> it was like the Lion King. And, you know, the Lion King where he stands up and they all drop, drop the one knee. Yeah. And I was like, some magi- and I soon after that, Unfortunately, it was a little too late. You're all you're doing is chasing. Mm. Almost the attainment of these people and their so-called liking yep. was empty, and and you'd move on to the next. And person, there's so. nothing in the friendship or the relationship. No. It's just I know this person. I'm a die great. So. I've got them. If you tick the box, then yeah. you're kind of going. Well, I don't That's need you point. anymore. Yeah. So I think uh, over the last year or so, I've definitely realised fewer closer people is the way to go. Mm. That's for me personally, yeah. and I have a lovely network of people. Quantity over 
Quality. Well, yes. Speaking of quality, let's go on to your next quality choice. Oh, yes. In your recorded history, Pamela Joyce, we started in 2007, a couple of years down the line, but three years makes a big difference. It does. When you're 15 and 16. So yep. we're in the year 2010. 10. Rihanna and Loud. Now, if someone had said to me, you know, this album is going to be very, very important to you, I would have been like, huh? I'm not a massive Rihanna fan. I like her music. I enjoy her. I love her Super Bowl performance. I think she's fabulous. Oh, we'll get into that. But I never would have thought that her album would be one of the kind of main, one of the sounds that surrounded kind of a, a, the formative years in my life. So you're but 18? I'm 18. I'm yeah. in first year of college. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. So. This actually is a very important little dip of information because mm-hmm. this is our fifth studio album released in November 2010. A lot of guest vocalists on this. Drake, Nicki Minaj, Eminem for Love the Way You Lie Part Deux. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven singles off this. Yeah. She has, do you know, Rihanna has released... 53 what? singles by herself and 17 on top of that Whoa. featuring on other records. So by my mathematics, 243 <laughs> singles. She was very busy for a while. This is the album that she released after, was it Rated R? I can't, I think Rated R might have been after. I think it was because it was that was the was really album hard. that... The Chris Brown incident yes. occurred. So that this, was 2009. And then I think this is her kind of getting away from all the darkness yeah. and reclaiming the narratives yes. as such. So this was Rihanna with the bright red hair. Yes. Okay. Which I would say 80% of girls in NUIG had in 2010, <laughs> myself included. But might I add, I went once one step further and got the undercut as well. Oh, so wow. I was very committed. You went full Galway. I went full. Oh, FG. I'm trying to be Rihanna, but I'm not. Someone shift down please. in Nocton's. Yeah, rolling up a little cigarette. I wasn't cool enough for Nocton's now in college. Yeah, okay. It's more Fibber McGee's. Oh, you're a Fibber. <laughs> okay. Um, but when I think of this album, I look at the songs uh, like "What's My Name" with Drake. You have "California King Bed," S and M, "Cheers," "Only Girl in the World." Which is your favorite track on the album? Can I I'm, guess? I'm, you can. You're going to get it wrong, but go for it. I I had Calif- "California Bed." Or Cheers. Neither. I do love California King Bed because it's quite King different Bed. to everything else on the album. But Raining Men featuring oh. Nicki Minaj because okay. that's how I discovered Nicki Minaj. And she was very close to being one of my albums. Right. When would you put this record on? This, so this Where are be, you? Where do you need to be? So what needs to be happening for from, you to It's only been three years since Britney Spears' Blackout. Okay. But I've graduated from an iPod Nano to an iPod Touch. Excuse me. So we're moving up in the world. Wow. Yep. And... I can actually, when I hear the songs, I can see myself walking along the road on the way to college, still half cut from the night before, my little satchel over my shoulder, wondering, you know, oh, am I going to be late? Am I going to go to that lecture? Will I just sit in the canteen? We'll see when we get there, kind of thing. Knowing full well, I wasn't going to any lectures. Uh, I did theatre with Irish and Spanish. Okay. Super employable. My parents were very happy. Yeah, the Irish-Spanish theatre scene over here is... Well, Huge. Well, so much money to be made. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah, scary. You're walking into a job. Yeah. Yeah, I had to turn down so many jobs mm. in multiple languages. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Two. Yeah. For a start. Yeah. El Playo. Is there an El Playo on? Wow. Me here. Oh. Muy bien. El. Yeah. Phenomenal. Samuel El Beckett. <laughs> El Beckett. So that was what you were studying. That's what I studied. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was actually great because... A lot of my friends did either um, commerce or corporate law where, or just general arts uh, where you were going into lecture halls with hundreds of people Okay, and you would just f- go with one of your friends and sit beside them. Whereas my theatre class, so it was a bachelor's, but I, it was a bachelor's connect. So I just, my theatre class was 
I think 15 or 16 people, uh, which on the first day I was petrified to go in and talk to all these strangers. And Were you confident? Were you a performative child? No, Teenager? I was a child, yes. And then I got all self-conscious and okay. panicked about making a fool of myself. So theatre grade's not great, but that's okay. But I actually remember in one of my first theatre classes, I think it was probably our second one. The first was just to sit in a room, talk about yourself, who are you? Second one, our lecturer brought us into a class and actually I'm cringing <laughs> thinking about it. She actually put on Love the Way You Lie by Uh-oh. Rihanna and Eminem. And she said, walk around and just, you know, physicalize what you hear. And like for a group of 17 year olds, mortifying. And she's like, no, more passion, more passion. And then she told us to be a leaf. She told oh, us, you know, the, it was classics. this real. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think I've made a mistake. Let's switch to corporate law. This is and not great. No, I did not. Okay, I still, I'm a great leaf. I figured out on that day that. Can you, I know it's a podcast. Yeah. Can we have a bit of. It's more of a physical a of thing, but. Oh, wow. I can, I can smell, yeah. I can smell tree. I get if, if you listen I really closely, you can hear the photosynthesis. So yeah, that's that's really where it is. So uh, this album was always on when I was walking into my theatre classes. By theatre classes, I mean the canteen to sit there and just. And would it be nothing that you would put on getting ready to go out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's closed now, sadly. It was a nightclub called Central Park in Galway CPs. That was where you went night in, night out. Um, And any memories, (laughs) the few I have from there, it's always Rihanna playing in the background. S&M or one of those. She is that kind of artist, isn't yeah. she? You know, compared, and Britney's got some bangers, no doubt. And we'll get to your third artist in a second. But Rihanna is a banger machine. And Britney was kind of. Just for that out, going out. Yeah, Britney was. Getting you in the, in the vibe that you need to be in. Pop princess that you kind of were almost embarrassed mm. to listen to. Rihanna was just cool. Yeah, quite aloof. Yeah. And just like, lay back, chilled. Never did the big dance breaks that did Britney did. She just looked really cool and chilled out all the time. Mm. And they're like, wow, she's so cool. I want to be her. I want to dance around like her. I'm going to dye my hair red and look exactly like her. And you did. Yeah, image. I'm, I'm pretty certain. What, so let's go back to her Super Bowl performance. Mm-hmm. What did you make of it? You loved I it. loved it. A lot of people were saying it was so low energy and that this, me. that and the other. I was that person. First of all, the woman's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Second of all, That's like I fault. said, Rihanna has never, ever been a high performance, high energy, hitting the choreography, really tight and clean performer. She has been chilled. She will stand there, she will sing the song, she might shake her ass a little bit, and she might not. That is, you know, that's like going to, uh, give me some sort of analogy, uh, a Fleetwood a Mac mitzvah. concert and Sorry. expecting to get, you know, I don't know, some sort of ass-shaking twerking yes. competition. It's not going to happen. But her bangers lend, she's inviting other people to do what she's on when he's doing. Listen, I, I, pregnancy aside. Yes. Moral judgments aside. Mm-hmm. She's not married. Can we talk? No, but <laughs> I think... When I watched it, and I bloody well stayed up for it. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you and then uh, I watched it live. I just didn't sense she was into it. I just sensed there was a deadness and a kind of a boredom behind the eyes, which I felt was very real. But I think she that, kind of w- slept her way through it. Didn't get the energy that I that, think, I think a that's Super Bowl had time. Allure of Rihanna. She looks so uninterested and so bothered, as if like, okay, I'm doing this, but like, I have mm. a million other places to be. And also, I would imagine. I think she announced she was doing the Super Bowl the summer before. Yeah. So she probably wasn't pregnant. So she probably had a much different show in mind. So when it actually got around to doing it, she probably was slightly disappointed in the production she was able to do, I would think. I think the dancers carried most of it. And listen, you know, we're not here to... Uh, Thank Rihanna's you. On we next did, week, we did a great job. So Thank you very I will much. bring that up now. Mm. To the, we're on now. Oh, your third choice. Oh, yes. Oh, can, we, can we say the best for last? 
Yes. Okay. I think we can. So, Pamela Joyce, we are now quite up to date. Mm-hmm. It's last year only. Mm-hmm. This is going to get serious. Mm-hmm. What is your third choice for your recorded history? My third choice is Beyonce's latest release, Renaissance. Wow. And again, I'm surprised that an album that was released so recently would have had such an impact on my life or such a chokehold on me. But this album is one of the most incredible pieces of work mm. anyone has ever released. And whether, regardless of whether you like Beyonce or not, you cannot deny this album is phenomenal. It was her first release since Lemonade, mm-hmm. 2016, so six years in the difference. Yeah. And it's the first of a trilogy, is that? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, we don't okay. know, she hasn't specified if it's a trilogy of albums or if the album and the world tour and something else. She's kind of just alluded to the Renaissance trilogy. I'm hoping it's three albums. She has a great quote about it, actually, of course. My intention was to create a safe space, a place without judgment, a place to be free of perfectionism and overthinking, a place to scream, release and feel freedom. I think that fairly well encapsulates what's going on. When I first heard this, and I listened to it at the time, I have to admit, haven't listened to it since, Mm -hmm. but put it on a few times last night. There's so much going on here. It's, mm-hmm. you know, obviously not a disco. Yep. She's paying a lot of respects. Was it her uncle Johnny yep. that she was, mm-hmm. her cousin, who was very instrumental in her upbringing? Yes. Who passed away during the AIDS ap- mm-hmm. epidemic. So it's a very glitter ball, dark disco vibe to it. I, I was taken aback by that. It's it's very, very different. And when I first listened to it, I was like, oh, this isn't, this is like, this isn't the Beyonce I signed up for. Compared to Lemonade and the Beyonce album before that, this was a lot lighter. And a lot more fun. And I think a side of Beyonce that we hadn't seen before. She is notoriously private. Mm -hmm. She doesn't do a huge amount of interviews. And when she does, she's always very composed and laid back and chilled. Uh, And and we'd seen her alter ego, Sasha Fierce, which is kind of her crazier, more energetic side. But we'd never seen this side of Beyonce before. And to me, that I was like, wow. Is that a frustrating aspect of her career as a massive fan? That you don't get enough of her? That she keeps a lot locked away and behind. Initially, probably. But I'm like, you know what? That's your life. That's your choice. Who am I to go knocking on your door telling me everything about your life? You just chose to make music. Mm. And I'm going to listen to that music and adore you from a distance regardless. Do you have a sense that you know who she is? No. Yeah. Not at all. I think that's that's obviously very purposeful on her part. Mm -hmm. Very clever. Very clever. And to, to still be selling albums and shows and whatever that she is. Still being so private is, is incredibly impressive and it's a testament to her talent and her music. And what are your standout tracks from It's funny because you said you listened to it when it came out yeah. and you haven't listened to it since. Mm, well, once or twice and then yesterday. It came out on the 29th of July, 2022. And every single day since then, I've listened to at least half the album. It is my get up in the morning, Alexa, play Beyonce Renaissance. And I just start my day that way. And I know. That you listen to it first thing? First thing in the morning. Uh, or if I'm driving my drive from Dublin to Galway, I'll maybe listen to a podcast or something until I'm alone and then I'm like, okay, let's go, get the energy up. And I'll say, I'll put on my Renaissance album. Amazing. And anybody who drives past me, they're like, okay, honey, it's the M6. It's not a world tour. My sense thing you is having known you quite a few years, you sing a lot in the office. Thank you. You have a beautiful oh, voice. Yuck. But I would imagine, take a leap of faith here, that when you like an album, oh, I you will listen it. to it. Until a it's lot. down to the nub. Yeah. Um, so you'll know all the lyrics. You know lyrics to every single this, song. And this, but this one, there's so much going on. There is a lot going on here. That yeah. kind of, every time you listen to it, you hear a new bit or you hear a new lyric or you hear a new sample or you hear something like, oh, that's that. Which I like. She keeps me on my toes. Uh, of the three, 
Again, no disrespect to Rihanna or Britney, Mm -hmm. both absolute icons and game changers. But Beyonce is almost beyond definition. You know, she is a phenomenon in music that I don't think we've ever seen. We're getting into Elvis levels, Mm -hmm. you know, as regards, comparisons are a little trite, I suppose. But she is such an important figure. You know, her performance at Coachella, whilst I was not there, is something that I would consider one, if not the greatest live performance by an artist I have ever Wow. Not seen live, but mm-hmm. I will watch it repeatedly on YouTube. It is utter powerhouse of perfection. And that is a testament to how good it was, because if you're watching it on a screen at home, imagine oh, what it was like to be there. I can't even fathom it from the staging, obviously the arrangements. And then, luckily enough, she can sing. Mm-hmm. Oh, she But can I just sing. felt that is her at her peak powers. I don't think I've ever seen an artist like Beyonce. Mm. And I think what I've, sometimes I get a little, mm, who is she? You know, she's also good for yeah, I'm not thinking, just check yourself. Yep. She has absolutely no obligation to me to speak on politics or get involved. She does it in her own way. She does it through her music. Yes. You know, Lemonade, obviously highly political. Mm-hmm. And I think with this one, she is paying her considerable respects and opening up people to black musicians yep. and black music that only her with her absolutely nuclear wattage can shine a light. And she chose to do that. And that would I think is absolutely admirable. Standout tracks for you. Standout tracks for me. I mean, I that tra- album is 14 tracks long, isn't it? Yeah. But uh, is it 16? Is it 16? I have a lot. Uh, Summer Renaissance is the last track on the album. It is the perfect little dessert yeah. to the whole album that was. Um, Break My Soul, I actually didn't like the first time I heard it because it was so different to what I knew from Beyonce. But every time it comes on now, I lose my mind. Cuff It. Cuff It. Phenomenal. Um, I think that's the biggest pop one. Church Girl, amazing. Pick. Virgo's Groove, everything. Virgo's Groove is the one I can't go past without putting it's it back like on again. six and a half minutes Do you know what I want to do when I listen to Virgo's Groove? I want to put on a pair of short shorts, mm-hmm. pair of tube socks. Mm-hmm. Bear with me. I'm going to take my time with this uh, visual. Is there oil involved? There is now. Oh. Let me get the oil. I've shaved my legs and everything. And I'll tell you why I've shaved my legs for this visual metaphor. Put on Virgo's Groove. I am at a roller disco. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm slowly sashaying my way around with my gals, around a roller disco to Virgo's Groove. That's where I am. That's delightful. I know that pause was. I know what that pause was. That was. It's just. It's burning into my brain. It's really burning. Just. Do do you mean soaking into your brain? I would say branding. Like my brain is the cow flesh. Good. And you are the hot iron. Hot. And now it's stuck in my memory. We're going down the right path. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is an astonishing album. Again, it's one that takes a few, like any great art, yep. you don't get it immediately. And I think the immediacy of stuff and stuff that Rihanna and Britney does is, is well and good, has its yes. place. But the difference in the greatness of Beyonce is that yep. she is not making it easy for you no. to get what she's saying. And, but when and you do, the way is, the songs flow into each other, you can't really tell when one, one song stops and the next one starts. Yeah. It's all just delightful. Speaking of renaissance, yes. I think you'd consider, I would consider you a bit of a renaissance woman. You know, many feathers in your cap and in your bow. Mm-hmm. Is that feather boa? Feather boa. There you, you go. You do a lot of things yes. is what I'm trying okay, to say. Gotcha. Sorry. Uh, you started off, I, I suppose, thought you were going to ask me my favorite Renaissance artist. What's like, your favorite? Carpaggio, Michelangelo. <laughs> oh, such a basic answer. Yeah. Of course you're going to oh. go for him. You know, you started off doing impressions. Yes. Comedy was your first I'm, I outlet think... for your, I suppose, desire to be famous. I, the first couple of times I did kind of radio interviews as guests and stuff I was introduced as a comedian and never really sat well with mm-hmm. me I think a comedian there's a lot more skill to being a comedian I, comedian I think I'm just kind of funny 
That is untrue. No, but I, I wouldn't see myself as a comedian because I think that's a skill that you have to work at and your delivery, this, that and the other. I, I'm just funny. I, I'm not a comedian. I could be if I wanted to. So the difference is to kind of construct a joke, get up on stage and tell it. Exactly. It's, it you're right, though. It's a very, it's different, very different thing to being thing naturally to do, and I think, funny. I think it's a disservice to comedians for me. And that's not me being hard on myself. But I think that's different than what I do and what I did. You know, posting a video on Facebook doesn't make you a comedian, as we well know. I suppose um, there's online com- comedians who yeah. would disagree. But yeah, no, Jimmy. Um, it's, a, it's a hard and but, tough and, life. And I think you have to be, you know, be willing to get up on stage. It's a lot more vulnerability yes. that you're showing than being a radio presenter or yes. even a TV presenter. And maybe that's my like. antiquated definition of what a comedian is. Mm. You know, things change and language changes, etc. But uh, I, I would just say I'm a funny person with an attitude. OK. And is that something, though, that you did a series for RTE? RT Player, yeah. RT I think Player. I did a couple of series for them. Um, Is that something you'd like to pursue? Do you know what? I am always, always, always looking to the next thing and what's next and how can we go bigger and how can we make more money or how can we be more influential or meet more people or have more people know who I am and be more famous. I'm like, Mm. do you know what? For a while, just sit back and relax where you are now because you've worked really hard to get here. Yeah. It's actually okay to just say, I'm fine where I am. I'm enjoying it. It's nice. You've said before when you were younger, this is so often the case with so many young people, just wanted to be famous. That was the kind of almost nebulous dream that you were chasing. Now that you are, well, you are. What's your view of it now that you've kind of achieved what you've always wanted? I mean, I'm devastated at nine o'clock at night when I can't go in my pajama pants and my Crocs to buy a vape with no bra on in the the petrol station because I'm afraid someone will be like, oh, that's you on off the radio. Yes. But on the other hand, people are very nice. There were a lot of really nice, we were talking about people who um, criticize and give out and love to hate on people. I firmly believe that there are more nice people out there than there are nasty I people. I firmly believe that as well. And I think, you know, Ireland is so small. Mm-hmm. If you're going out for dinner with your pals in Galway or even Dublin, there, there is a chance someone's going to go, God, that's, that's Pamela. Yep. And for the most part, I would imagine people are respectful Very nice. of your space. But is it difficult with the anxieties that you do sometimes feel? Is it the most helpful thing to have that on top of your mind as well or in your brain when you are going out? Does it get in the way? Uh, probably up until about a year ago, I would have because I would never know how to respond when someone would come up and say, oh, you know, I love the show or, you know, I follow you, blah, blah, blah. You just punch them, I believe. Okay. That was the, yeah. yeah, punch and run, baby. Mm. Um. But now I think I'm more comfortable in myself. And so many people said to me, wait till you get to 30. Everything just clicks into place and changes. And I was like, it's just an age though. But since I turned 30 in October, yes. I've just Have you settled chilled. into yourself? I've settled. It is the way it is. Life is what you make it. Just talk to people. You know, don't get stressed about how you're going to come across. Just be yourself. You know, they, they if they're coming up to you saying they follow you or they love the show, they already like you. So you don't have anything to prove. Just be sound. Let them buy you a Jaeger bomb, give them a hug and leave. The way to do it. And just before we get to the end, you know, the business has changed. I'm in it a little bit longer than you are. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, I think it was enough for a young, maybe male or female presenter to be a radio presenter. Mm-hmm. That was your job. Yes. You, you came in, did your show. Is it difficult when you're going through some, maybe a low day, you know, if you wake up, you're not feeling, even despite putting Beyonce on, mm-hmm. she's useless in this case. To come in and then paint on a radio smile that you have to go in, hey, mm-hmm. that's exactly, that's a great impression of you. That's what you sound like. So but I got you go in and you give it the big bop boop and then it's like afterwards, ah. is that difficult? I, it's, I have two answers for that. I know that was only one question so far, but uh, the first of which is that I genuinely love what I do. 
And the second I start my show, I genuinely do get a rush of, is it serotonin or endorphins or dopamine or whatever it is. I do, no matter how sad I am or anxious or low I'm feeling, once I start my show, I'm in the zone. And I'm like, you know what? This is really good fun. It's a great escape, isn't it? Exactly. We're not saving lives here. You just get to play a few songs, have the crack and that's it. But the one of the most important things to me when I am feeling a little bit low or lower energy or sad, Dermot and Dave and I do a little chat beforehand. So I'll go into them 10 minutes before the end of their show. And every time I walk out of that studio, I feel like a little girl on Christmas. It's just the nicest, funnest energy. We giggle, we have a laugh, we harass each other and then I go and do my show. So it's like, that's beautiful. That's know. like, a, it's like, you know, the gym lads taking their pre-workout, going into Dermot Dave is my pre-workout and they just... It's a settler. Put, yeah, they just put me in such a good mood and put a big smile on my face, so. And the pressures then to diversify and have other things going on apart from working radio, mm-hmm. you know, getting into the influencing side of things, is that a pressure that you feel... You know, obviously, maybe it's a financial decision as mm-hmm. well, but just it's all about, isn't it about profile now and yeah. creating content and yeah. in front of people's faces, no matter what the medium is. Mm. The game has changed. It has very much. And end. I would find it quite pressurizing. I would imagine not that I have to worry about that now. You need, you need <laughs> to have fingers in all pies at yeah. all times. You need to be seen to be doing something. And there's this weird, I suppose, attitude shift over the past number of years that you have to be hustling constantly. You know, one job is exhausting, enough. though, isn't it? And I, I don't feel that affected by it. There's people who are far more affected by it who are doing TV and radio and emceeing and doing this, that and the other. There's been a couple of weeks in my life where I'm like, I took on too much. So if I feel I have a little physical diary that I fill in and anytime anything comes in, in terms of work or anything, I'll open my physical diary and I'll say, Do you know what, that's going to be too much that week and it's going to drag me down. I'm going to have to say no to that. But there is like, I remember when I wasn't getting any kind of spawn con or ads on Instagram stuff, I was like, why does no one want me? Where the fuck is this? And now something comes in and I'm like, ugh, again. But uh, no, it's great. It's wonderful. And I suppose within radio, you are slightly, not really limited, but there are laws and you have to be kind of safe enough on air. Whereas the creativity of being able to go and get a brief and say, okay, do what you want with that is quite nice because I'm quite a creative person. So it does take. So it's a good outlet for that side of your exactly. Of your brain so it does. It does. It does serve a purpose as well. It's not just neat. It's about it though. Pamela Joyce, an absolute joy uh, to have you on for you to share your recorded history. Three great albums. I'm going to have to ask you for no particular reason whatsoever. Completely arbitrary. You can only walk out of the studio with one, Whoa. one album to rule them all. I think it's Eric Yeah, can we say it on three. Yeah, one, two, two three. three. The best Where's of the wings. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, Renaissance. Renaissance. Yeah, yeah it has to be. I think that is an album that I'll be listening to for the rest of my life. I think, you know, in 20, 30 years time, I'm like, oh, do you remember that Britney album? No. Or that Rihanna one? But uh, Sean Reedy, actually, who works in Dermot and Dave, got me the Renaissance vinyl for my birthday. And I haven't yet played it, but it is sitting at home in my house in Galway, ready to be abused for the rest of my life. That's the way to listen to it, I think. Yep. Uh, what's next for Pamela Joyce? What is next? Not for literally Pamela just now. Joyce. I know it's probably going to both come to you. food shop. No, do you know what? We're taking it day by day. Yeah. We're not giving ourselves any pressures, or you know, well, you need to have a boyfriend this Christmas, or it's an absolute joke doing eight years in a row without a boyfriend. Whatever happens, happens, man. Life is good. You're very zen. I have a lot. I am, and I used to not be like this, but I have really, really nice people around me. I have a lovely life. I have a lovely work-life balance. What more could you ask for? Mm. Well, I'll. I'll suggest something off air. 
But um, what I was going to say it was just to say, from my own personal point of view, I've known you some years now. You bring such a warm, wonderful, glorious light to wherever you step. As do you. Genuine joy. It's probably the most asked question when I tell people I present a show on Today FM. Invariably, mm-hmm. what joy's like? Yeah, right. Honestly, really? yeah, yes, that is true. That is true. And any of our mutual friends, Alison, etc., Sean, will probably say the same. And I'm brutally honest with them. And I'm sorry about that, but... Honesty is good. They they appreciate the honesty. Mm. They don't appreciate the diagrams. But that is it. Listen, Paolo Joyce, it's been an absolute, as I was predicting and hoping, and I should have known, never doubted it. It's been wonderful to have you on Recorded History. Thank you for taking the time and sharing your choices. I am very, very honoured to have been asked to be a guest, Ed Smith. And thank you very much. Much love and respect. Thank you. Ah, she's so great. She is so great. Pamela Joyce, my pal, my colleague, my hero. And thank her for taking the time for sharing her three choices, three excellent choices they were to for her recorded history. As warm, funny and as engaging, I was hoping and I, well, I wasn't hoping. I knew she would be. What a woman she is. And the future is only getting to get bigger and brighter for a talent such as she. And if people ask me again, I think hopefully that'll give you an indication. Always asked, what's Pamela Joyce like? There you go. That's what she's like. That is exactly what she's like. She's that funny. She's that warm. She's that raw. She's that honest. She's that strong. She's that Pamela Joyce. Anyway, enough of that. That's it almost for our second edition of Recorded History. And I want to thank again Pamela Joyce for joining me. I want to thank you for joining me as well. I'm absolutely loving uh, this, I suppose, podcast world, joining the podcast world. It was a bit daunting. Not bad having Shania Twain and Pamela Joyce as your first two guests. Let me tell you, thank you all so much for all the kind words that have been coming in. Keep listening. Keep subscribing. And listen, if our podcast today, Recorded History, has inspired you to go buy one of the records that Pamela has mentioned, I'd absolutely recommend of all the three. Get your hands on Renaissance. It is a thing of absolute wonder. Um, You'd love if you supported our partners at Recorded History. They are therecordhub.com. We simply could not make this podcast without their generosity and, well, their general soundness. I do hope you enjoyed tonight's, or this afternoon's, this evening's, whatever time you're listening to, our Crate Dive together, and that you'll join me next week. And every Sunday after that, that is when Recorded History gets released around 9 a.m. every Sunday, where we'll be hearing from a delightful mix of homegrown and international talent. We've got actors again, writers, broadcasters, artists, and many more lined up over the coming weeks and months. Each guest has such a unique and intriguing relationship with the music that they have listened to. Each one has a different take on some of the great albums that we all know and love. That is the great thing about music, I think. You can hear a song, two people can hear the one song and have two entirely different takes and different stories on it. That's what we're all about here on Recorded History. And thank you all again for taking the time to grace me with your lovely ears. And if you're still here, can I ask you to hit the old subscribe button every time you do, a fat hairy lad from Cork gets to buy a cream egg. I've been Ed Smith. This has been Recorded History. And you, as ever, have been amazing. Go Loud presents Recorded History. Hosted, produced and researched by me, Ed Smith, at Go Loud Studios. The show was created and executive produced for Go Loud by D-Ready. Our series is proudly supported by TheRecordHub.com, your local Irish and online record store.